With Valentine's Day this month, maybe you're thinking a little more about your marriage or the marriage you hope to have someday. So it's fitting that today we are joined by Bob Paul, who has quite the resume to speak on the topic of marriage. He's vice president of Focus on the Family Marriage Institute, co-founder of Focus on the Family's Hope Restored program, and co-author of the book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage and the Truths That Will Save It and Set It Free. We know there is an enemy lurking around to kill, steal, and destroy, but God has come to bring life, and that means in our marriages too. I'm excited to share this conversation with you today and pray that it brings hope to you as you listen. Here's our conversation with Bob Paul. Bob, welcome to the conversation. Oh, it's great to be here, Stan. Thank you for having me. Am I understanding correctly that you came to know Christ the day before your wedding? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> correct. Uh, I grew up in a non-believing family, and I bumped into this gal that uh, was unrelenting as a servant of Christ, and uh, mm. she finally wore me down, made me see the light, <laughs> led me to an encounter with Christ. I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior the day before our wedding, and we, we've had a bit of a contention around it, and and she had said she'd marry me no matter what I did, so I accepted him kind of privately, but I didn't tell her until the day after, because <laughs> I wanted to make sure she was a person of her word, which I realized now was silly, but it seemed like a big deal 40 years ago. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I've never heard a testimony like that before. Like, the, like you just slid under the wire <laughs> before you got Oh, married. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was interesting, because what it, what it turned out, and it turned out to be really meaningful, to me through our journey and my journey with the Lord is that when I made the commitment to her that next day, I was very mindful that I was also making a commitment Mm, to the Lord. And that has turned out to be very significant throughout the last number of years. So, Bob, I'm curious on how you got involved in the area of service that you have. So real focus on marriage, families, like how did God lead you into that that area? Well, you know, I've had a lot of different jobs in my life that I really didn't set out uh, with ministry in mind. About eight years into our marriage and my walk with Christ, I got a clear call from the Lord to go into ministry, mm. and it seemed to be a counseling ministry. So I went back to school, moved across the country to find uh, the school that I I wanted to go to in the Midwest here, continued to pursue this leading, uh, which led me into counseling. At first, I wasn't sure where I was going to focus, but it's interesting to watch how God orchestrated the whole thing. And in the late 90s, I got connected to Gary Smalley and his eldest son, Greg. And, um, you know, obviously, Gary was very marriage focused, and so was Greg. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and it just became clearer and clearer that I had a calling and a gifting to work with couples in crisis. It's been a number of decades now that you've invested in marriages. Surely you've got a story of hope of uh, what can happen uh, if someone in a marriage uh, is willing to, to put the work in and get the help that they need. Is there help for marriages that are in a really, really bad place right now? Oh, there really is. Personally, Jenny and I, you know, had a pretty solid walk with Christ, 
but our relationship was challenging and we mm. we you know kept looking to god but we had lots of difficulties and then on top of that i get led into marriage ministry and yet <laughs> my ministry uh was doing great but my marriage at times was suffering and mm. it's interesting that i've been very open about our challenges and i would tell people you know where we were growing and where we were struggling and they would always want to hear more and i finally realized that the reason that my story was compelling is that this is what it turned out to be. Okay, Jenny and I are having a tough time. We were having a tough time here. But finally, in this area, I got desperate. I called out to the Lord, and eventually he broke through, and this is what he did, and this is what we learned, and here's how it's changed. Now, we're still struggling here and here and here, but this is better. And, and Stan, what I finally realized is that really what my story was and why people kept saying, tell me more, tell me more, is that's the essence of the gospel. The gospel message at its core is what God is able and willing to do in you and through you in spite of you. Mm. And it's really never been about me being all that or anything. Right. It's been how amazing God is. So now we've dealt this, we've created this marriage ministry that is amazing and now is part of Focus on the Family and a program called Hope Restored for couples who are in crisis. And we've worked with close to 8,000 couples mm. and have this wow. unbelievable high success rate and it's because we know who the healer is and the main thing is just figuring out how you got stuff in his way to get (laughs) out of the way so that he can come into you and work in you and through you and help you finally experience everything that your heart's longing for yeah so good so good god is always at work among us Around the time her marriage was ending, Beth Ann and Grand Island learned about My Bridge Radio. My Bridge kept me going. It played a very active role in my beginning to heal. In fact, on hard nights when dark thoughts began to creep in, Beth Ann would actively seek out truth and connection to God on My Bridge Radio. I don't think I would have made it through that time. My bridge helped me breathe. I can remember getting in my car in the night because I couldn't get the radio in the old house I lived at. And I would drive and listen to the bridge. As she listened, God moved to encourage and uplift Beth Ann through the music and messages, which is why Beth Ann now supports MyBridge Radio as an impact partner. My bridge is amazing. Encouragement to many people. So we feel blessed that we can do a small, tiny part. God is on the move through the investment of Beth Ann and other impact partners, ensuring Nebraskans are connected to God through the ministry of My Bridge. My Bridge Radio, celebrating God at work among us. Share your story and join the conversation in the Connect Now section at mybridgeradio.net. So, Bob, you uh, co-wrote a book with Greg Smalley. It's called Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage and the Truths That Will Save It and Set It Free. First of all, what were you guys seeing? What were you experiencing? What counseling situations did you find yourself in that made you think this was the kind of book that you guys needed to write? 
Well, the cool thing is compared to a lot of people, my colleagues and a lot of people in, in the field that do this kind of work, we have kind of a unique situation because in essence, whether we meant to create this or not, it's kind of like a marriage lab. Hmm. And we do a type of therapy called intensive, which only means that we work for multiple hours on multiple consecutive days. And the most time we will work with anybody is five days. So we have a very concentrated window into seeing what's going on. And we just keep learning. We learn what works and what doesn't. The stuff, we don't teach theory, even though we want to make sure that it's completely consistent with Scripture, a reflection of God's design. We only will lean into and continue to use things that we find actually works in our own lives and in the lives of couples. So we've just been learning a lot over the last 21 years. And we see lies. We see things that people believe that they have been told because both our culture and sadly, in many cases, the church has bought into a bunch of lies and half-truths that actually set people up to fail. And we've been able to identify and in the book. We've picked the nine most common ones we see. And we've been able to show people where the lie is and how the truth actually contrasts with that lie and the things that are setting tons of people free in their lives and their marriages to finally be successful and defeat the enemy. Amen. So, Bob, uh, one of the lies that you talk about in your book is it's titled, And They Lived Happily Ever After. (laughs) And uh, you're talking about expectations, unmet expectations. I'd love to you to unpack that a little bit for us. I'd be happy to. You know, we've heard a lot of people, certainly in the church, talk about how happiness is the wrong goal. And, um, And it's unfortunate because the truth is that all of us kind of um, really like the fairy tale idea that mm. you, you start your marriage, you're in love, and you start oh, your marriage yeah. with, you know, once upon a time, and it, <laughs> and it ideally ends in the all lived happily ever mm-hmm. after. And what happens is that you get you hit those normal places in the relationship that are challenging because you know for most everybody, marriage at times is tough because yeah. you got two really different people whose differences are colliding at times mm. and just becoming increasingly difficult and at times inconvenient at the least. And then you start thinking, well, we're not happy. And since this needs to be about happy, if we're not happy, that must be a problem. Now, Stan, I'll tell you, I am all about happy. I love happy. Mm. I would rather more happy than less. What we talk about there is that happiness is the wrong end game. It's the wrong goal. You don't want to make happy the center of the target. You don't want to make happy the measure because there are times when life, like right now in the middle of a pandemic, there's nothing about this situation for most people that makes us go, ooh, this is awesome. Let's do more of it. (laughs) Yes, so happy. So if, you know, in the the draining away of happiness in the face of challenges, unemployment or illness or loved ones that are struggling or whatever, if that's the measure of your marriage, you're going to say your marriage stinks. And that's the wrong measure. So what we say is that what it's there's a there's a purpose that is beyond happy. There is a greater goal that we need to be striving toward. Happy, great. Set it up so that you have more than less, if at all possible. But don't make that the measure of whether your marriage is successful or not, because that is the wrong measure. Mm, So good. Yeah, really good. So, Bob, another one of the lies that uh, you talk about that I'd love to hear your heart on it and uh, learn from here this morning 
It's an interesting equation you've got. It's a lie is one plus one equals one. Yeah, you know, um, we have, most of us in the church have heard the truth, which is that when you get married, you're supposed to become one in Christ. Unfortunately, the way that that is misinterpreted, because all of these lies have elements of them that have truth, or there's some sort of misinterpretation. And in this particular case, the, the mistake is if you think somehow that the one talked about in Scripture means the number one. Hmm. Because if, you know, if Jenny and I, my wife and I are supposed to become one, you look at us right now after close to 40 years of marriage and you can see immediately we're a failure. Okay, because there's still two. And we're just as different as we ever Mm, were. And what it does is it sets it up as if differences are the problem and you need to eliminate the differences. Well, as the differences are there on purpose with purpose. God created the differences to be valued and utilized. So if you see oneness, meaning becoming more like each other, more towards sameness, you are immediately at odds with the creator and his design. So what we want people to see is that one plus one equals one can't be the equation. Actually, one plus one equals two. When you get married, you create a third entity. Mm. There is me, there is Jenny, and there is us, our relationship. Mm. All three are important. All three need to be nurtured and attend to and grown and developed. And one of the things we use to point out some of the mistakes that we find within the church is the unity candle, which, frankly, the way it's typically used, I hate. Because in reality, if you look scripturally, of the three components of a marriage, husband, wife, and relationship, only two of those are eternal, and it's the husband and the wife, because Christ said very clearly in two of the Gospels, we will not be married in heaven. And what happens with the unity candle is after you light the center candle, you blow out the individual candles, which is actually horrible theology, because it encourages people to focus all their attention on the marriage and to basically stop paying adequate attention to the eternal beings who need to be nurtured and attended to and developed because we are continuing on forever. So it's a subtle but but problematic thing for people because they had, they stop attending to themselves, which God is counting on us to do, and put all their attention on the marriage, which is the wrong place to have your primary focus. Yeah, that's a new thought. I've never heard that before. I love it. <laughs> the other thing that's key about it is in God's economy, he is never reductionistic. He never takes more, combines them, and makes it less. When he combines things together, they become greater, they become bigger, they become more. And the most beautiful symbol of that for me is when a man and a woman come together uh, as husband and wife sexually and a baby is created and now the two become three. Now that's God's economy. Mm-hmm. My wife and I have the uh, privilege of serving as co-host of a premarital class that my church does, our church does, three times a year. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I often talk about in that class is I just, you know, get, just getting couples ready for 
experiencing each other's differences within marriage, right? This is a statement I make. I said, we get attracted to each other typically because of the things we have in common. We stay together when we appreciate our differences. But getting from, from here to there is challenging, right? When you really begin to recognize how different you are from your spouse. And sometimes those differences can seem irreconcilable, like we're just too different. Is that ever true? Oh, well, I mean, it is the most commonly cited cause for divorce today, Mm. uh, irreconcilable differences. Mm. And going back to what I said earlier, it unfortunately emanates from this idea that um, we're supposed to reconcile our differences somehow make ourselves less different. And really the truth is that oneness is really supposed to be about unity, becoming one in spirit and purpose, not the number one. And therefore the differences are critical to who we are created to be and figuring out how to make your team an awesome team requires learning how to play to each other's strengths and cover each other's differences. That's how good teams operate. And the differences are essential because honestly, if Jenny and I became identical, one of us would be completely useless and unnecessary. And the way God wants us to work is that even though they're challenging, certainly challenging, because we are so different from one another, that we are able to see, okay, but here's where the differences can be used by God to be a blessing to both us, to our family, and to our community. It's mm, really good. Hope filled, Jesus focused, commercial free. You can connect with MyBridge Radio anywhere you go. Open the MyBridge Radio app and press play or click listen live at mybridgeradio.net. So as you and uh, Greg completed the book and you sat back and your hearts are full, what's your hope for the deposit that gets left for those who uh, engage in this book? Two sides of that that really speak to my heart. First of all, obviously we want the couples and their relationships and their families to be completely and totally blessed because as Christians, we claim that our Lord is the answer, that he is the source of all life and all fulfillment and all good. He's the source. And we claim that, and yet many times our relationships are struggling and God wants to bless us, but not just for our sake, because there's kingdom work attached. He wants us to be blessed so we can be a blessing. So it can't just pass us. We need to prove to the world that what we claim is true with Christ, that he came that we could, that we would have life to the full and he wants our marriages to thrive in him. We need to demonstrate that. Well, obviously that means we have to be blessed first. So at Focus on the Family, we are all about seeing individuals and couples blessed beyond measure so that we are demonstrating what we claim to be true to the world. Marriage side of focus, we focus on Hebrews 13.4, which says marriage should be honored by all. We want to prove that marriage is not, as the culture is saying today, an outdated institution that really doesn't apply today anymore. We see it as the cornerstone of God's a community building, and he wants our marriages to be thriving, and he wants us to thrive in them. So my hope for the book, and Greg's hope for the book, is that that would be what we're promoting, that we can defeat the enemy and his lies and help individuals and couples and their families thrive so that when we tell people, hey, you need to come and, and go to church with us or get to know Christ also, that it's not 
so that you can be a half-empty vessel like me or, or spent, but so that you can be a live, thriving individual with a thriving couple and a thriving family like we have, and you can find that in your own relationship with Christ also. That's our goal. That's our hope. That's our desire and our dream. And that's what we spend every day getting up fighting for. Mm, that's awesome. Well, Bob, thank you so much. Very excited about uh, this the resource that you're making available to the, the body of Christ. Confident God's going to use it. Well, thank you very much, Stan, for your work. None of us can do this alone. We have all been given the honor of serving Christ together and bringing his love, light, and truth to the world. So thank you for what you're doing and bless Nebraska. notes on that one? I think it's what I'm going to go back and listen to and jot down a few reminders, especially the part where they talk about our differences and to see them as a blessing. Okay, first, we know that in our flesh, that is really hard sometimes, but we can celebrate those differences because that's how God is using us to be a blessing to our community and our family. We'll link to Bob Paul's book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage, and the truths that will save it and set it free in the show notes so you can check it out if you want to learn more. And as always, to hear more from MyBridge, tune into your local MyBridge radio station, listen online with our app, at home through your smart speaker, or on mybridgeradio.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time.